And welcome back to group therapy. I am here. My name is, well, first I should probably identify myself. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. I am here with my editor cohorts, and we're talking about everything that's going on in Livingston Parish. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, and I believe I started on my left last time, so I'm going to start on my right. You're right. I don't, we're facing each other. Okay, that's me. Well, this is I'm David confused. Gray, David Gray, lifestyle editor, uh, news reporter with the Livingston Parish News. Hey, and, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm a sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And I've already introduced myself. So this time, uh, we are going to start, we're going to, I'm going to bounce around just a little bit, but I do want to start with some sports. Because we did have some kids uh, go to state powerlifting meet and place place very well, actually. So, Rob, take that away for us. Um, we the the big thing going into it was that uh, if you guys remember correctly, uh, the COVID shutdown hit right before uh, these athletes were able to to do anything at the state meet, and they wound up losing the state meet totally. So, just to be able to have a chance to go to the state meet was a big deal this year. Uh, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but but for the the coaches and the athletes involved, just getting there was part of the deal. Um, it, we'll go to uh, I guess Division Five, which is the smaller schools. Holden winds up uh, on the girls' side. I think I mentioned it uh, last week, maybe that they took the full complement of eleven athletes to the state meet, and uh, and talking to Coach David White, they were able to uh, get points from each one of those athletes, and they finished third at the state meet. Um, they had. Uh, Three three athletes with state championships, two were runners up and two in third place. Uh, I guess Mary Woods won the one hundred ninety eight pound class from Holden. Kayla Davis took the two hundred twenty pound championship, and uh, Gabrielle Sh- uh, Sharp won the super heavyweight class. So that's uh and and I think most of them are coming back. So right. they're trying to trying to lay a foundation there. They took two guys with them. Uh, Coach White said the biggest thing for them right now is trying to get to a point where they can take uh, 11 girls and 11 boys. And his one of his main goals right now is to kind of build that boys program a little bit more. Well, and you got to start somewhere, and it sounds like they have a good base with both sides. Right. So Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, anybody else go? Yeah. Uh, and and for the bigger schools, the, the biggest performance, I think, for uh, – that to come out of there was Denham Springs High. Uh, the Reagan Bosco became the first athlete ever to podium uh, for the for the Denham Springs powerlifting program at the state meet, um, and she uh, she did it uh, with one thousand fifteen pounds, which went over went over the thousand the thousand point uh, barrier there, um, and that was in the two hundred twenty pound class. She wins the championship there. That was kind of the highlight for Denham Springs. Also had a couple Doyle athletes. Uh, this was their, their first first foray into powerlifting this season. Had a couple. They, they performed well, too. So uh, a lot of good powerlifting news this year. But I, I wanted to start off with that because it was important because last year they didn't. You know, and to clarify your point earlier, uh, last year no state meet right. for powerlifting. Right. It just didn't happen. So this year these, these kids get to compete. So jumping back over to Mr. Mr. Gray, uh, you know, we kind of talked about being able to have a state meet this year because of sort of the progress with COVID, we're getting progress with vaccinations too. Yes. Another recent expansion got a lot of people that are now eligible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they don't, you know, they don't have the exact figures of how many people are eligible with the latest expansion that started on Monday, March twenty second. But one would have to assume it's the most of adults 
you know, if not the majority of adults. Uh, the governor last week announced that they were because we're the federal government is promising an increase in shipments uh, and, and vaccine doses over the next few weeks. So the so Governor Edwards and his staff decided to expand the pool of eligibility to now include all essential workers. So now any adult that also works uh, that is an essential worker is now eligible for a vaccine. Uh, Governor Edwards said that was going to make make it available, you know, just to guess, 10 to tens of thousands of people. And kind of uh, the announcement came at a, uh, you know, around the time that Louisiana passed 10,000 total deaths from COVID, which uh, just, you know, kind of a, just a startling figure to know that in the last year, I mean, 10,000 10, people have died. Now, you know, some of those are confirmed. Uh, you know, 9,200 of those or so are confirmed and the rest are, you know, probable deaths. But I mean, you know, 10,000 deaths from COVID. And so, so, so it was good to get the vaccines uh, to get those eligible expanded because, yeah, just more just less deaths, hopefully, are on the horizon with the more people that are getting vaccinated. And speaking of, you know, uh, vaccinations, we talked last week about how the school system was providing vaccination clinics and that kind of thing. Uh, the school system also had uh, a visitor uh, from the state, kind of a big deal, uh, based on some of the people we've talked to, maybe the first time a state superintendent has ever taken that in-depth of a tour of Livingston Parish facilities. And, you know, one of the things, one of the quotes you used to title it, which I thought was very good, um, was y'all made the right decisions yes. with regard to COVID. So tell us a little bit about his visit. Yes, Superintendent Cade Brumley, who was, uh, you know, he's Still not even a year into the in the into the post, but uh, he he came and visited Livingston Parish Schools last week. Uh, uh, was based off an invite from Representative Buddy Mincy, who, as you know, you remember, he was a member of the school board for around a dozen years, a former school board president. You know, very involved with the local school system here, and you know, education at large. And he, you know, he he invited uh, Mr. Brumley here to, or I, I should say, Dr. Brumley here to tour some of the schools, and I. Uh, he got a really good glimpse of sort of the career and technical training that goes on in Livingston Parish Schools. And, uh, you know, something I didn't know that, you know, will be will be another story down the line is of all the districts in the state, Livingston Parish spends more money on technical and career training than any other school district, which I, I mean, I thought that was a very, very interesting thing to show that the local school district is trying to, you know, yes, it's great to have, you know, for all the ACT scores, you know, test scores, all that stuff is great, but there also needs to be that sort of balance between uh, giving these students, you know, while they're in high school, real life skills, and and that that was something that Mr. Brum or Dr. Brum was able to see. He toured the Denham Springs STEM and Robotics Center, which opened last school year, and he also toured Walker High, which you know is you know still it looks like a small college now with all the renovations that happened there uh, over the last several years so he got a he 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 saw the best but uh but one thing uh, Mr. Mincy said was if you had gone to any of our schools you would see you know you, you would see the same type of stuff and then, you know like like I said that the fact that Livingston Parish puts more into that type of curriculum than any other school district just kind of shows that you know how big of a focus it is here yeah and, and you know uh kind of want to bring something up about what you said about Walker, uh, because it's very true at Live Oak, and it, it it's starting to become truer in the Dim Springs area, but it's important in context. There is a renewal coming up for Millage. Uh, they're looking to build some some athletic facilities on campus. 
but you know that that millage before had been used to build schools to increase capacity. They had had some problems in the Juban area, so this millage was used to build Juban Park Junior High and Juban Park Elementary. It's very important to note that you know uh, the school system and and really the people because they're paying the millage are investing back mm-hmm. in the system, uh, and so a lot of a lot of good things happening uh, in this area. Speaking about good things, uh, you know, a general partner with the school system is the Livingston Parish Library, and their head, who all three of us know, Giovanni Ch- uh, Tyroff, uh, was recently promoted or, or received the votes to get into um, the uh, Louisiana Library Association. Uh, he is now the treasurer. Right. Well, term. I was, yeah. What I was looking for was the executive <laughs> yeah. board. So he's on, he's on, in an executive position at the uh, Louisiana Library uh, Association. So tell us a little bit about that. No, the, yeah, he was, he was just, uh, they, the LLA just announced that last week. They announced that uh, Mr. Giovanni was going to be serving a three-year term that I believe ends in uh, June 2024, uh, something like that. But uh, Giovanni, I mean, he, he's been, uh, it's around 10 years now that he's been the director of the Livingston Parish uh, Library. And, uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of great things to the library, expanding the patronage. Uh, he's done more to up to update and make uh, the library system more modern. He got rid of uh, library fines a couple years ago. That was, you know, that's a push that libraries across the country are, you know, starting to do because it just encourages more people to get engaged and involved with their local library. First, I mean, I remember when I was younger, I had a library fine. I never went back to the library. So, I mean, you know, that's just kind of, you know, that, that's sort of that modern approach that library systems are doing. He was the Livingston Parish Library was one, one of the first in the state to do that. Uh, you know, that was under Giovanni. Uh, he, he's just done a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm full confidence that he'll be able to serve that board. You know, he'll serve well in his capacities on that board. And last but certainly not least, you know, when you're talking about sort of community staples, uh, you took the time and went up to Watson uh, 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 last week, I believe, mm-hmm. and got to sit down with the family of a lady who had become a, a very much a, a, com- a community staple. Her restaurant had become a place for people to sit from all walks of life, you know, because they had that they had that food that spans, you know, it, it knows no boundaries. Pizza. No economic, yeah, it's <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Who, pizza. I man. mean, you know, pizza's great. So uh, tell us a little bit about Miss Cloud and what you learned. Yeah, Miss uh, Miss Wanda Cloud is, and the thing that really drew me to the story is, I you know, I before obviously before COVID, I would I spent a lot of times in the schools, you know, just going to schools at at events, and you know, a lot of times at events they'll order pizza. So when I would, anytime I'd go to Watson schools, I would always see pizza boxes that said the pizza place. You know, I mean, I never, you know, never saw where the place was. I just knew of the pizza place. And then, so I see on Facebook one day that the pizza place announced that their owner had passed, Miss Wanda Cloud. She opened it uh, along with her partner 36 years ago uh, along Highway 16. It has been in that same spot since then. Uh, it was back then. It was one of only you know two or three restaurants. And I mean, now you could just see, you know, take a drive down that area. You know, there's three or four on one corner. You know, I mean, that area's just exploded in the last, uh, you know, several years. And Miss Wanda was uh, I talked to her son and her daughter-in-law, who you know they kind of run the restaurant now. And yeah, the pizza place. I mean, that that was a that was an important that was an important place to her. She she you know made sure to tell them, don't y'all dare close this restaurant. You know, after I'm gone. And it was a uh, but it was just, I guess, what also struck me was just how, you know, talking to her son, 
was how sudden the death was because it was a it was a COVID death. Uh, she tested positive uh, on on a I believe ten days before she passed, and it was just you know just a very abrupt. And you know he said she had you know some health you know some a few health issues, but you know mostly uh you know a healthy a healthy uh you know woman in her seventies, and it just kind of showed just how how fast COVID can take some people. And uh, that that was one of the things that sort of stood out. And, you know, also that she, she loved LSU. She was a huge LSU fan. She told for her service, her instructions were everyone has to wear LSU colors. You know, she didn't want, she didn't want people wearing black. She wanted people, she basically wanted it to be a tailgate. So it was uh, just, just a very colorful, colorful woman who did a lot for the community here. You know, well, you use the word right there at the end, very community oriented, right? And that's what made it so inviting. And, you know, pizza, as we said. And I I ordered one at the end of the interview. I told him, okay, I'm going to order one. Uh, And I took it home and I was like, I'll just eat one slice. It was about three o'clock in that window between lunch and dinner where you really don't want to eat, but then you decide to because, hey, you know, I'm a little hungry. hungry. So I took one, one slice and then I ate. All I, I got an extra large. My girlfriend had two slices. I ate the other like eight or nine, like within 30, 45 minutes. And it was it was good pizza. I'll say that. <laughs> it, it is good yeah, pizza. It was great pizza. Yeah. That was the first time I ever had Absolutely. it. So it was great. So please remember, Miss Cloud, uh, if you're part of even if you're just part of the Livingston Parish community, stop by the pizza place, get yourself a slice or an extra large pizza. Extra yes. large. And only give your girlfriend two slices and eat the rest. <laughs> uh, jumping back over to Rob, because we want to stay in the Watson area. Uh, something interesting, you know, Live Oak brought in, Live Oak High School brought in Coach Jesse Cassard looking for some elevated performance from baseball. They also, as a community, invested, and they used that millage money to build a new baseball and softball complex behind their football field. Uh, great complex. Very beautiful. I, I was, yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't been out there, you, you kind of owe it to yourself. If, if you're a fan, go take a look at it. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable out there. And so you got a call, or maybe you noticed it and called him. Uh, but right now, Live Oak High School Baseball, uh, with a couple of wins not yet recorded on Max Preps, is ranked fourth nationally. Fourth nationally. I just opened it up, and, and I, I literally just got off the phone with Coach Gassard uh, right before we started this podcast. Saw it yesterday. Uh, one one poll had him ninth. One poll had him fourth. Uh, the most up-to-date one now, they're fourth in the nation. Uh, and and Coach Cassard said that could be could be a little bit higher because uh, they're missing a couple wins on max preps. But take this into consideration: the number one school in the nation uh, is Barb from Lake Charles on this poll. Live Oak is four, and Sam Houston from Lake Charles is five. So that's three schools from Louisiana in the top five. Uh, and just in talking to Coach Cassard, it's one of those things where you, everything's kind of working right for them now in terms of what they're doing. Uh, and the other part is that, that, you know, they got a couple guys maybe that they were expecting some bigger things from, from, and they're just now starting to come around, which means they're getting production from guys maybe they weren't expecting to, which is, you know, I, and like I told him, I said, that's baseball. That happens on, on occasion. And uh, like he said, that's a sign of a good team. Uh, he also said that they're, they're ranked nationally, but that's not a state championship, if that makes sense. Uh, you're, you're happy to be ranked. You're happy to be up there. But – They've got other goals, and, and they want to get that state championship. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's important to note, you know, that uh, kind of like with uh, maybe with LSU baseball, you know, you like to make some of those comparisons. 
started off ranked. Seasons happen. It, it, Things happen. You guys saw what happened this weekend. So, so it's important, you know, to note. Uh, I like what Coach Cassard had to say. You know, that's great, but you know, we even have an in-state team that we might end up having to play that's ranked higher than us. So we we we've got to stay tight and we got to play week in week out. And you know, it's it's one of the and and you've also got district coming up here too. So uh, and you guys know y- y'all well know y- you've seen these district matchups go uh, and things can happen. Sure. So you, you don't put the cart before the horse, as they say, you know, and, and I think that's where they're at. He, he said the kids right now are really staying humble with what they do, and they're they're focused on on that main goal. So lots to look at in the Watson area in terms of baseball. Uh, you know, if you're ever looking for uh, updates on scores and what's going on with baseball, football, uh, I mean, excuse me, baseball, softball, and track, and, of course, the parish meet's coming up here a yep. couple of weeks. Sure is. We'll be at Walker High. Please check us out. Check Rob out. Follow him on Twitter or go to www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash sports. Finally, last but certainly not least, we're going to jump over to David with lifestyle news. It's actually, oh. things are starting to kind of kick back off. Uh, yeah, slowly. But it's been a year, but yes, things are starting to return. <laughs> it's, a, it's a welcome welcome surprise. So first, uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, let's start with uh, a very interesting story. Actually, this one isn't necessarily an an event as much as it is a a celebration of, um, you know, a a deputy going above and beyond the line of duty to save a woman's life. Uh, So tell us a little bit about this situation, how it came up for you. Yeah. And might brag on you a little bit for the work you did on the video. No. um, Well, so uh, Deputy Jason Hunt, he's a 10-year veteran of the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. He's a DARE officer. I've actually, you know, run into him a bunch, you know, when I'm at schools covering events and that sort of thing. He's, you know, a lot of times he's there, you know, just just really nice, really nice man and uh, loves his job. That's one thing I've, you know, always noticed about him is he he truly loves his job. And uh, th- this event or this scenario actually happened last May, but because of COVID, the sheriff's office, you know, had to wait to be able to recognize uh, their deputies for, you know, individual acts of heroism, that sort of thing. Well, last May, May 2020, uh, Deputy Hunt was driving. Uh, he was actually an hour pat late after his shift had ended and uh, had just got a dispatch that there was a wreck and they needed someone to go check it. He was the closest person there, so he decided to go check it. He said, I'll, I'll just go check it and then, you know, wait for someone else to come and then I'll go home. When he pulls up, he sees a car engulfed in flames and he spends the next, uh, you know, 10 minutes trying to get this woman out. A woman had struck a pine tree in the middle of the night and, and less than a mile from her home also, which is, you know, that was the other, you know, just ironic part, you know, just down the road from her house, hit a pine tree. The car started uh, leaking. She she had serious, serious injuries. I mean, nothing that was life-threatening, but, you know, she was knocked unconscious, you know, from the impact and was, you know, just, you know, would have, most likely died had Deputy Hunt not been there in time to break uh break open a window and pull her out. And he spent, you know, several minutes trying to break open that window. And uh, we have a video of that that the sheriff's office uh, granted us permission to use that shows him, you know, just trying for, you know, five or so minutes, just trying beating these windows any way he could and, you know, putting out the flames. And then when he opens one window, it makes it gives more oxygen to the fire and then the fire erupts some more. So, I mean, it was just a a 
just frightening situation to be in. I couldn't imagine. Uh, I feel like I would freeze. I mean, hopefully I wouldn't, but I, I can't imagine being in a situation like that. And then eventually shows him rescuing the woman, pulling her out. And uh, yeah, he was recognized last week. Uh, the woman's husband was there to also, you know, show his uh, appreciation for what for what Mr. Hunt did. And he, you know, he said he took pictures of the car the next day, saw the, you know, how badly the car was burned. And, you know, his only thought was there's no way someone would have survived this. So, I mean, just uh, just a heroic uh, action by uh, Deputy Hunt. Yeah, and, and, you know, uh, Mr. Gray over here uh, fought very hard with that video that was provided by the sheriff's office uh, and eventually was able to persevere and pull through and conquer yes. and found, found you guys. You'll be able to see the story. So go online. watch it today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we you haven't can, you, seen it. We, you can we worked hard on that. So. Yeah. You yeah. can see that two minutes of action uh, without some of the stuff around it. So again, thank you, David, for staying with that. And we're going to wrap up the show real quick with you uh, just mentioning and, and, and giving some dates and some information about the Denham Springs Fair, which is returning this spring to South Park. Yep. Coming back to South Park, the Denham Springs Fair is April 1st through 4th. Tony Gyro, who's the organizer who started the Denham Springs Fair uh, five or six years ago, uh, he he announced it uh, last week that it was that he had finally got the permits that he needed to put it on. So it is going to be up. He hasn't, uh, as of this time, he hasn't announced, he hasn't put out the flyer with the details of what's going on other than there's a few uh, bag of donuts. Uh, uh, their New Orleans cover band. Uh, yeah, I've, I've covered. I've seen them at a few things I've covered. They're an entertaining bunch. They'll be there on that Friday. That is the second, I believe. And then Parish County Line. Uh, their their local band. A couple of actual Denham Springs natives there. They'll be performing the next day on Saturday, April the third. And there will be photo opportunities with the Easter Bunny and that sort of thing. And, you know, a fair, there will be rides, there will be concession stands. So I, I think this year's fair will actually be a pretty big draw, considering that, you know, last year's was canceled. And, you know, people are going to be wanting to do something with the family outside of their home. So I actually think this year's fair will uh, draw some pretty decent crowds. Uh, you think there's going to be funnel cakes? I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to have that funnel cake. So anyway, uh, David, thank you. Rob, thank you. I want you guys to go ahead and uh, give yourself an outro, a little outroduction, if you will. Sure. This is Rob DeArmond. I'm sports editor with uh, Livingston Parish News. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with Livingston Parish News. I should, probably should have gave you all. Yeah, with, it, was, it was like it just freeze for a second. But <laughs> who's, gonna go first? who's going first? Rock, paper, scissors, man. And again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us for the Livingston Parish News group therapy session as we talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. I uh, want to remind folks we are doing a series of podcasts with folks from Dem Springs High School uh, and the school board talking about that upcoming millage renewal. We also have, um, excuse me, we also have uh, an, an addition that I uh, screened just before I sat down with these guys with Mayor Gerard Landry doing once a month with him. So we'd appreciate you guys checking that out at www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast, or of course you can see them on Facebook. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. As mentioned, it's backslash podcast to get these shows and all the other shows that we record. We appreciate you joining us this week, and we will see you next time.